Good morning and welcome to episode 114 of Martin Uncut. Today it's the June 17th, 2021 and today's episode is keyboard and mouse update. A couple of weeks ago I talked a lot about my fancy new keyboard, keyboard layouts and mouse. Um, And today I wanted to circle back and kind of close the loop a little bit on that topic Uh, Since I have now been using both the keyboard and the new uh, layout and the mouse for some time and actually been able to gather some real experience around them. So to start off, we will start with the mouse. So two or three weeks ago, I talked about the Logitech MX Ergo, which is a trackball mouse that I purchased. And the reason I purchased this was that I wanted to have the mouse in the middle, uh, I have a two a separate a keyboard that is separated in two parts, and I wanted to have the mouse in the middle, almost like a trackpad, because that would be natural way to have it. And a, a normal mouse that you move around would not work, but a track uh, trackball mouse that is um, is not moving around; it's in the same place all the time, would be perfect to have there in the middle. And um, so I, I opted for, for this one. There was a couple of different ones. And this was uh, around 80, 90 US dollars, um, depending on the course. So it's not a super cheap mouse. But it's not an expensive mouse, mouse either, especially if you compare it to an Apple mouse. And I kind of can describe it as, you know, a clamshell. It looks a little bit like a clamshell that is slanted. And on the right-hand side of the mouse, or sorry, on the left-hand side of the mouse, there is the ball. Uh, so you can control the ball with a thumb. And then you have two buttons that you can use your um, pointy finger and your long finger. And there is also a scroll wheel and some buttons on it. And the thing is that you can actually, by pressing on the side of the mouse, change the angle. So you can either have it just a little bit angled or you can click it again and you have more angles. So it's a 20-25 degrees different uh, in those two angles. I tend to have mine angled upwards. So um, there is a little bit... It, the hand rests a little bit better on the mouse that way. Um, not that I have any problems having it the other way. It just feels more comfortable. And I think that is one of the good things with it. That you can actually easily change it and it's really really comfortable to use but the absolute biggest thing with it the absolute most positive thing with this mouse is that it's super quiet you cannot hear that i am actually scrolling around with the mouse right now and using the mouse as i am recording and all other mouse mouses uh, mice all other mice is is audible you can hear them when i remove them on the on the desk so that is a really, really nice thing. It's also really fast. So I use Expose in Mac to um, to switch windows and switch desktops and stuff like that. And using, if I'm in the middle of the screen and I want to put my cursor up to the top left side of the screen, it takes milliseconds. It's so fast. And uh, it's a movement that is really not... Uh, hard on you if you have a mouse that would be a big movement of your arm to do that so that means that you can really fast move around on the screen without lifting or moving your hand and that is a really good thing Um, as i mentioned it's really comfortable Uh, you can use it a long time without being tired or feel any strain and the battery time 
it's it's really long. I have yet not charged it actually, and I had mouse for two or three weeks now, and I have never charged it. And the battery meter still states that there's half battery. So I think uh, Logitech is stating that the battery time is like a couple of months, and I can say that that seems actually to be very very true. Another thing is that they have an application called Logitech uh, Mouse or something that you get with it. And you can actually customize it so you can use the buttons for different things if you want to. I have not really used that much, just a little bit. Um, So I, I can't really give you any good feedback on that part of the setup. But there is that possibility to to work with as well. If we look into the the things that is not so good with this mouse, and the first thing is when you are doing fine-grained movement, sometimes it's like the ball is a little bit stuck. So if you just want to do a small movement, it's hard to get the, the ball moving, and when it then moves, you get like a jump. And we talk maybe 10 pixels on the screen or something, so it's not a huge jump. But it's this fine-grained movement that sometimes is a little bit uh, difficult to work with. I have a button on the screen, so I can easily just uh, take it to precision mode. That means that even if I just need to move the mouse a small amount on the screen, I have a big output on the wheel. So that is kind of the the way to counter that if you do a lot of, of fine-grained work. But it's also, uh, I mean, an extra step that you need to do. You need to press this button before you can do it. So I don't use that button that much, and that's why I, I feel this pain about the fine-grained movement sometimes. Um, the biggest, I would say, bad thing with the mouse is that the buttons doesn't always work as expected or work at all. And I think this is a driver problem, really, either with macOS or with Logitech. And I really, really hope that they will fix this. Um, so if I use the scroll wheel, for example, in my browser, that doesn't always work. Sometimes I actually need to click on the scroll wheel for it to actually start to work. And if I have a scroll wheel, I just want it to work directly. It's I don't want to need to click it or stuff like that. And also the back and forward uh, buttons that should actually... If I click the back button, it should actually take me to the previous page in the browser. That seldom or never really works. I have maybe it worked like a few times. And that is really painful. Uh, of course, you can just right-click and choose back. But if you have a key on the mouse that should do it for you, and then you would really expect that to work. So Logitech, fix it now. But overall, my conclusion around this mouse is I am really, really happy with it. It's um, probably one of the best mices I ever had. It's uh, super comfortable, and that is the most important thing since I am sitting in front of my computer at least eight till eight, nine hours every day. And the mouse is uh, something I work with a lot. And since this is so fast to move around, it's actually quite easy to navigate using it instead of using keyboard shortcuts. So I have a good mouse and I know the keyboard shortcuts so I can easily move around whatever I I, I need and want to do. So super good mouse. I definitely recommend that uh, you use it if you have it or want to have it. So the next thing then is the the keyboard, the Moonlander keyboard and uh, the keyboard layout that I have. Uh, 
So this is a keyboard that I've now been using for a bit more than a month. And it's a very weird looking keyboard, I would say. Like It's actually, think about a keyboard that you split in two, and then you connect the two halves with a small, short cable. And um, then, of course, it's a USB keyboard, so you need to connect it to the computer as well. And it's a mechanical keyboard, and I chose to use Cherry MX Browns because I had those in a previous keyboard, and I really like them, and I still like those switches a lot. They are not super noisy, but they are not really quiet either. But it's a, it's a good range. So if I start to uh, to press some keys here, you can definitely hear them, right? So I, I tend not to write too much on the keyboard uh, while recording, uh, but that's fine. Um, the other interesting thing with this keyboard is that it is programmable. So actually you can determine exactly what each key should use. And you use an app, an application that you have in your browser and then they compile a software for you and you download and implement that or install that into your keyboard. Um, the thing I don't really like is that someone else is compiling this for you somewhere else on the other side of the world. What do they put in this software? I have no clue. Um, but uh, it's it gives you a lot of possibilities. And what I've done is that I have actually configured it to use uh, a Workman key lay- uh, keyboard layout. I uh, will talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. But if you look at the keyboard, I don't have any Swedish characters on it, even though I am using it a lot. So it has a normal standard English keyboard um caps on. Of course, I can buy other caps and put on. It doesn't take any time to do that. But I don't look at the keyboard anyway when I write. So the important thing for me is to have the bumps on the F and J keys. So I know I am on the right place on the home row. Um, And you can decide that a key should run a macro. You can also decide that a key should give you a specific keyboard shortcut. And I have uh, my bottom left key. If I click that once, I have Alfred popping up. And if I, uh, on the other hand, click it uh, twice, so I double tap on it like that, I will get um, um, uh, a drop name. <laughs> uh, hooks hooks kicks up uh, for me and if i kick uh, click the the button to the right of that key i um, get the uh, input for omnifocus to capture something so i have one key uh, pressed to uh, to actually capture uh, something that i need to action in my gtd system so that is fine and you can also use something called layers so my first layer, the normal layer, if I don't change layer or anything, is going to be Workman. So it's um, set up uh, with the Workman base layout that I've adjusted a little bit because I need to have some Swedish characters out there, easily accessible, and I also need to uh, get access to some other keys easily. And then I have actually a couple of more layouts uh, or layers that I can use. So if I press uh, my thumb down on a key, 
I get to a different layer, and when I get into that layer, the backlight of the keyboard differs. So that means I can easily see in which layer I'm in by just looking at the keyboard. And then I can easily get hold on some special characters, like uh, the different type of parentheses uh, and other special characters. They're super easy to find. Um, I also have another key. If I press uh, F key on uh, my left hand, I have H, J, K, and L are uh, actually arrow, the arrow keys. So I, that means I can actually navigate in my document by just using those. And the row behind, below, N, M, and then the different uh, normal hook parentheses are actually uh, uh, keys that I'm using for expose. So I can see all the, um, the running applications on the screen or I can easily jump between the desktops. And this is super good if I am um, on uh, working on a lot of different applications. So that, that is super handy to have. Uh, I have another layer where I can actually control the media player. So I can, uh, by clicking one key, I can easily pause and play. I can switch to the next song, the previous song, or, or change the volume. And that works with the, the current media player that you're playing. So if I'm using Spotify or iTunes or playing something in YouTube, uh, that is going to work just fine. And then I also have a QWERTY layer. So I can actually click a, bot- a button that is then a toggle, which makes my keyboard a QWERTY la- keyboard layout. And that was because when I started to use this keyboard and started to use the Workman keyboard layout, I got so frustrated sometimes to... Um, I needed, uh, I switched actually back to QWERTY for a while, but then I missed Workman, so I switched back. There was a little bit back and forwards there for a while, but um, I can easily now just click a button, I will get QWERTY, uh, but I have actually not used that for weeks. So, what's the good things with this keyboard? It is super comfortable to write on, I really like it, and the way it's built, um, I don't need to move my hands that much. Uh, I can get uh, access to all the keys just by um, moving my fingers. Um, and it's also super uh, customizable. So you can definitely make this keyboard to be your own, to work with exactly the needs and requirements you have. So it's not a static keyboard. The bad things, though, is that it's a really, really expensive keyboard. It's like 400, 450 US dollars, maybe almost up to 500 US dollars because of the import VAT I had to pay as well. So it's a super, super expensive keyboard, which I think is uh, a reason, um, a potential reason that they will not sell super much. They must have enormous margins on this keyboard. But um, it is, uh, it's, it's a good keyboard, but it's super expensive. And if you're coming from a normal keyboard, the layout and the geometry of this keyboard is different. So it's a columnar keyboard, so the keys are in columns and not uh, slightly shifted that they are on a normal keyboard. And that makes it different to write on. And that is one of the reasons it's probably taking me some time to get used to it and write on it. Then the, the next thing I wanted to talk with that is related uh, to this keyboard is the keyboard layout I'm using. So normal keyboard layouts is QWERTY uh, because if you look up in the left-hand corner of your keyboard, the key says QWERTY. 
But um, there is another keyboard layout that has been around for a long time. That is quite uh, famous, and you can actually buy keyboards where the keys are set up in that way. And that's the Devora keyboard. And the Devora keyboard is a keyboard that I think was done in the 60s. And it, they actually analyze how you write. So they rearrange the keys to sit in a better way for you. And I never used that, but I looked around uh, when I wanted to change or try something else. So I find um, Dvorak, I found Colmac, and I found Workman. Um, Colmac is another one that is more optimized, and uh, uh, Workman is a variation of Coleman, you can say. So Coleman is a little bit of a compromise. I think they just moved 17 keys or something like that uh, from QWERTY but Workman has moved 22 or 25 or something like that. So there's more keys moved around, so it takes a little bit more to get used to it. And the reason I chose Workman is because it looked like it was more optimized than Colmac, and I just chose it. I don't think it really matters which one you take. They are quite similar. And if you look at the statistics, um, anything except QWERTY is fantastic. So if you're using Dvorak or Colmac or whatever, they are going to be so much faster. So it doesn't really matter. The difference between the other ones are so small later on. So uh, in, in regard to statistics and performance. And I actually use Workman every day, all day only on my uh, Moonlander keyboard. If I write straight on my uh, PC, uh, sorry, on my, on my Mac, I am using QWERTY still. But I can switch over to Workman if I want to, but uh, as it is right now, I have QWERTY there. And it takes no effort for me to switch between the two uh, layouts. I don't even think about it. And the problem I had for a long time was I got frustrated. And as as soon as I start to think about what I do and when I write, then I get just stuck and it's really frustrating. But if I don't think and if I just write... Um, it's it's really starts to loosen up. I haven't really done a measurement uh, for a bit in how fast I do. I am gonna be a lot quicker in QWERTY still, but I still I mean I at least can write so fast so it's not a problem for me anymore. And I never switch back to QWERTY during the days. So I think that is a a good approach. The good things with this keyboard layout is that you don't move, need to move your hands that much. You can. You go out from the home row and you use the, the row above and a little bit the row be- below. The, um, um, it's, it's really, really comfortable. And um, it's designed for touch typing. That means that you should not look at the keyboard while you're writing. And that is something that is really good because I always look at the screen, uh, even if I write with QWERTY. Uh, but touch typing is also that you're always pressing the same button with the same finger. And that I probably didn't really do with QWERTY, I, especially the middle keys. There I kind of mixed and matched a bit to use different fingers. But with uh, with a Moonlander keyboard that is split, you, I can't use my right hand to to write on the left-hand side without moving my hand a long way. So that, that kind of forces me to to do this in the right way. So uh, that is, is fantastic for, for touch typing. The bad thing is that it's quite different from QWERTY. So that means that there is a learning curve. And it's a quite long learning curve. Uh, it takes weeks to get used to it, to get 
proficient enough to actually be able to work it. I was in a position so I could actually go cold turkey and use it full time. And that will, of course, increase the speed that you have when you're using it. But it is a, a hard thing to do. The other bad thing, I think, is that this is optimized for English, the English language, and not for Swedish. So that means that a a character like Y, for example, uh, you use that quite often in English. You never use Y in Swedish. So I have a key on the home row that I essentially never use in the Swedish language. Um, and also the the Swedish characters like O, A and Ö, like the O with the dots and the A with the ring or the dots. Uh, I use them quite often, but they are kind of a little bit out of the way. So I need to stretch my finger a bit to move to get hold of them. So they, they are not in a normal place. So I think that is the, um, the, the downside. The optimal thing would be to have a, a workman layout that would have been adjusted for the Swedish language. But uh, that being said, I write quite a lot in English as well. So I need to have my keyboard optimized in one way or another. So now it's in English. That's life. So the conclusion around the Moonlander keyboard and the Workman layout. Uh, I mean, I love it. I love my keyboard. It's fantastic. Uh, it's, uh, it's geeky. It's nerdy. It's beautiful. It has uh, nice backlit colors, uh, fantastic sounding keys. Uh, does it make me a better writer? No. Uh, does it make me write faster? No. Uh, but it gives me the uh, a more comfortable writing experience, I would say. And I will, my writing speed will go up. I re- remember this from when I got my other mechanical keyboard. It took quite a long before I actually got used to it. So I'm pretty sure that my writing speed will go up and I will be more more uh, comfortable using it like uh, the work the layout as such um, so I think that sums up the uh, the mouse and keyboard series here I will probably not talk a lot more about either my keyboard or my mouse for a foreseeable future because I think we have talked what we we can talk about this so uh, before I end today, I just wanted to give you a tip that today we actually released episode three of Smarta, the Swedish-Danish podcast that we talk about applications and productivity. And in this episode, we do interview Michael Slavinsky, uh, which is the founder of Nospi, the uh, to-do application. And he's also written a book that you can read online called No Office that can be quite interesting for you. So I definitely recommend that you check out this episode. Uh, The middle section of it is in English and we start the episode in Swedish-Danish. Then we interview Michael in English and then we round up in Swedish and Danish as well. So the the sensor there would interview you. Anyone can definitely listen into and highly recommend it. So this was everything I had for today. Uh, I was afraid I wasn't going to get a very long episode today, but I think this is uh, probably the one of the longest I've done so far for Martin Uncut. Um, if you like this episode, why not uh, recommend it to a friend's uh, friend, family, or a co-worker? Or if you have the time, go into iTunes and give me a review. That would help other people find the podcast, and that would put a smile on my face. So until tomorrow, have a fantastic day. Ciao, ciao.
Martin Uncut, your daily technology dose.